So there were a few interesting things I, I wanted to talk about. First, I wanted to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, this Pew poll that came out about Jehovah's Witnesses. So I've talked about this poll before, but I feel like I didn't go into enough detail on it uh, when I did end up going through it. So I, I just wanted to take a quick look at it and see what it had to say. Um, let's see here. So first it, they covered the age distribution among Jehovah's Witnesses. There is, uh, I guess, 18 years to 29 years is 15%. Strangely, they don't include anybody younger than that. I mean, people get baptized younger than that. They get baptized at like eight, seven years old. I mean, so young. It's crazy. I think I was baptized at like 13, 14, somewhere in there. So I found it really strange that they didn't list that as an option. But 15% were 18 to 29. Uh, 34% were 30 years old to 49 years old. 29% were 50 to 64. And then 23% were 65 plus. I find that really fascinating, and the reason for that is because 18 to 29 is a just a, a significant drop-off from the rest. Like, it seems like when people get older, they start getting more religious. Like, 30 to 49, that's when they start, like, buckling down, and they're like, okay, we're going to start going to this church, and we're going to start believing it and all that other junk. But 18 to 29 is really tiny. And with Jehovah's Witnesses, it's really easy to understand because... You have to, I mean, they're really strict about no sex before marriage, for example. If you have sex before marriage, you're disfellowshipped and your whole, you lose your whole family. Um, so a lot of the time, people, if you're going to get disfellowshipped, it's going to be around that age range. If you make it to 29, usually you're in it for good, typically. And a lot of the time, people get disfellowshipped in their early 20s or their late teens, and they'll come back later when they turn 30, 31. By the way, I'm about to turn 30. I'll be turning 30 next month. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll turn Jehovah's Witness again, right? Anyway, they have this section here to compare age group by religious group, interestingly enough. So as I said before, Jehovah's Witnesses, 15% are 18 to 29 years old. In contrast to 44% of Muslims are 18 to 29 years old. 34% of Buddhists are 18 to 29 years old. 17% of Catholics, 17% of Evangelical Protestants, 34% of Hindus are 18 to 29. Uh, Mormon is 22% are 18 to 29 years old. The next one is gender composition among Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, we've got, let's see here, 35% men and 65% women. Buddhists are 51% men, 49% women. Catholics, 46% men. Evangelical Protestants, 45% men. So we're looking at with Jehovah's Witnesses, 35% men. That's exceptionally low. In fact, it's the lowest percent men in any denomination that was polled, or any religion that was polled. Orthodox Christian is even 56% men. And then unaffiliated religious nuns, quote-unquote, or atheist, or just non-believer in general, 57% are male. 
43% female. Uh, let's see. Racial and ethnic composition among Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, this is actually a unique thing about Jehovah's Witnesses in some ways. I know other religions are also like this, but Jehovah's Witnesses are actually very, very inclusive of other ethnicities and things like that. They don't want to draw the dividing line on race. They want to draw the us versus them thing on Jehovah's Witnesses versus non-Jehovah's Witnesses. That's really their focus. So you'll see a lot of diversity in the religion, in the Jehovah's Witness religion. So we've got 36% white, 27% black, less than 1% Asian, interestingly enough, 32% Latino, and then 6% other or mixed, according to this survey. Let's see, I was wondering what the what other religions were going to be made up of. Mainline Protestant is 80% white, or I'm sorry, 86% white. That is like a disproportionately high percent of whites. Orthodox Christian, 81% white. Muslim is 38% white, 28% uh, black, 28% Asian. Oh yeah, because lots of the, the Middle East is in Asia, I guess. Uh, 4% is Latino. That's fascinating. Unaffiliated religious nuns, quote-unquote, 68% are white. This is, these are basically your atheists. 9% uh, are black, 5% Asian, 13% Latino, 4% other or mixed. And then the next one we've got is um, immigrant status among Jehovah's Witnesses. I was going to touch on this. Jehovah's Witnesses actually make it really easy to emigrate, basically, or to integrate into their society. They will set up congregations. They'll set up Spanish congregations or whatever language is most prevalent in that area, French, whatever. And, and people will learn it with the sole intent to speak to these people, to preach to them and things. I know because I learned sign language when I was younger for the sole purpose of serving Jehovah, basically. Because there weren't really any Spanish congregations or any of that other stuff in my area, because I lived in West Virginia. There just weren't. But there were deaf people at the conventions. So what I would do is I would sit down on the floor in the stadium when they held their, their assemblies, their conventions, and I would sit in the deaf section and watch this woman sign the entirety of the uh, convention to the deaf people. And I learned how she did it. I picked up on stuff. Jehovah's Witnesses even have their own special signs for like different things. Like Jehovah is not its own sign. You would have to spell it out. So they have their own special sign. It's basically where you do the J with your pinky. You wave it in the air and kind of form a J. And as you come back up from that J, your index and middle fingers extend to become an H. So J-H. They also have their own signs for like heaven, I think, or heavenly father or something like that. It's really, really fascinating to get a glimpse into their culture. For those of you who haven't seen my most recent video, there's this guy named Steven Anderson. He's a pastor uh, and he's part, he is part of the, he's a pastor of the, um, yeah, he's the pastor of the Faithful Word Baptist Church. Could not for the life of me remember what the name of it was. Faithful Word Baptist Church. He runs this big 
organization. He used to be part of the Independent Fundamentalist Baptist organization, which is kind of an umbrella organization that controls the funds for and organizes events for Baptist churches, certain Baptist churches. Well, he branched off from that and created the new Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Church, the NIFB. Now, if you thought Independent Fundamentalist Baptists were extreme, these guys are extreme. They are extreme. I'm sure we all know the Westboro Baptist Church, where they're all about going out there with signs and screaming, you know, God hates soldiers and this and that thing, and it, and it gets really, really extreme, right? Well, these guys do the same thing, pretty much, except they're bigger. The Westboro Baptist Church has a total of, what, 77 members or something, unless one of them died recently. I think it's, the number is in the 70s, I think. And they, are, they kind of stand on their own. Like, they're, they're not their own, quote-unquote, organization. But the New Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Churches, there are 30 of them around the country. There are even two international ones. And they scream about hate like you wouldn't believe. It's horrific. It's really, really horrific stuff. So Stephen Anderson kind of leads it, as far as I know, the NIFB. And he's got some other people involved in it, too, of course. But... They basically advocate for the death penalty for the LGBT community. If you are a member of the LGBT community or the GRSM community, as I call it, same thing, then he thinks you should die. He doesn't want to send you to gay conversion camp. He doesn't think it works. You're just gay for life, and he wants that life to end now. That's, that's what he's advocating for. In fact, he's holding a conference called Make America Straight Again, in Orlando, Florida, which is right around the anniversary and location of the Pulse nightclub shooting. It's really crooked, sad, messed up stuff. Really heartbreaking stuff. So yeah, this is the guy that runs it, or that is heavily involved at the very least. And um, I found this article from CBS News on it. It says, A controversial pastor from the U.S. has been barred from visiting Ireland due to the strong hate-filled language he uses in his sermons, BBC News reports. Arizona pastor Stephen Anderson said he was supposed to preach in Dublin on May 26th. However, an online petition calling for Anderson to be banned from the country received 14,000 signatures. According to BBC News, Irish Minister for Justice Charlie Flanagan signed an exclusion order for Anderson, which went into effect on May 10th. In a statement to BBC News, Flanagan said... That's such an Irish name, isn't it, Flanagan? Flanagan said he signed the order under my executive powers in the interests of public policy. BBC News notes that this marks the first time an exclusion has been granted under Ireland's Immigration Act 1999. CBS News has reached out to Flanagan for comment and is awaiting response. It's a, it goes on to say, Anderson is considered the leader of an anti-LGBT hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And actually, right now, Myself and a bunch of other YouTubers are trying to get him labeled as a hate group by a bunch of other organizations. We're in the process of doing that right now. Me, Mr. Atheist, a Godless Engineer, and his wife, Casey. Uh, let's see, Shannon Q, Rachel Oates, uh, just a bunch of us. Ocean, just a bunch of people. A bunch of YouTubers are trying to like stop this conference. Because as far as I'm concerned... If you are 
calling for violence, you have lost the right to speak to a crowd, in my eyes. So anyway, going on. He's part of an anti-LGBT hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. He once called for the death of President Obama. He also praised the Pulse nightclub gunman who killed 49 people in an attack in 2016. This is a bad guy. This is a bad guy. He currently preaches at Faithful Word Baptist Church in Tempe, Arizona. Don't expect anything contemporary or liberal, the church's website reads. We're an old-fashioned, independent, fundamental, King James Bible-only, soul-winning Baptist church. According to BBC News, Anderson has been barred from setting foot in multiple countries, including South Africa, Jamaica, and the UK. In 20, This is the very end. In 2016, Anderson was deported from Botswana just one week after South Africa barred him. We don't want hate speech in this country. Let him do it in his own country, Botswana's president... Ian Kama said at the time, after being arrested, the pastor claimed he was leaving the country voluntarily. God, I mean, South Africa has had some real problems, some deep problems. If South Africa is telling you to fuck off, you've got an issue. There is something wrong with you. This is a genuinely bad person. So anyway... That's what we're dealing with right now. That's what the other YouTubers and I have been working on. And if you hear any of the pumpkin stuff, that's what it's all about. One of the pastors, I, I went through some of this in my video earlier, but I'll just mention it again. One of the pastors associated with this Make America Straight Again conference, uh, Tommy McMurtry, it, he made a whole video on Mr. Atheist calling him Mr. Pumpkin because he's the biggest fruit in the world. And... <laughs> And it was so funny listening to Jimmy, like, justify this. He's like, I'm not even in the top 10 biggest fruit. It was really funny. Jimmy is just an awesome dude. Anyway, uh, by the way, pumpkins are fruits, apparently, by the strictest definition. Pumpkin, a fruit is, uh, is something that has seeds on the inside and flesh on the outside. Of course, by that definition, it means strawberries aren't fruit. So it doesn't really add up exactly. It doesn't really make sense. I think a pumpkin is also considered a squash and a berry at the same time. And actually, the biggest fruit's the jackfruit, not the pumpkin. But either way, that's what the guy said. Tommy McMurtry called Mr. Atheist the biggest fruit in the world. And Jimmy retaliated by basically buying a domain name with the guy's name, TommyMcMurtry.com. Jimmy owns that domain name. And he put scantily clad pumpkin uh, sc scantily clad people with pumpkins for heads let me just go there real quick i know some of you who are listening to this can't really see it but he this is all jimmy's doing and it's really funny it, he put a lot of fan art on this website if you guys can find a way to like go to this website at some point and look at it it's pretty funny this is all jimmy's doing so anyway I don't know. It, it, it's kind of a messed up situation, though, in all seriousness. Like, these, these are really bad people, and they're spreading a really awful message. And they're taking pride in hating people. There are people that we can all get on board with not liking, right? We can all get on board with not liking people who abuse children, for example. But when I talk about these types of situations... I don't use the type of language and hate that these people are using. I come at it from a, a, a sympathetic perspective personally. Like, I'm sorry that their brains are so broken with people who abuse children, for example. They drew the, 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 they drew the short straw, and they're out of luck now. I mean, I, I want to get them help. I want to try to 
protect society from them and help them. I don't want to kill anybody. I don't, I don't call them slurs. I mean, especially not from the pulpit. Like, if I said some of the words that these guys are saying when I was younger from the pulpit, I would have had my mouth washed out with soap. It's insane. It's, it's extremist behavior in the truest sense. Like, they are just going completely off the deep end. Uh, Potato, do you have any questions for me by chance? Due to technical issues, we couldn't hear Potato. But the question was from Jane, and it was, what's your opinion on Wicca? I think I've done a video on Wicca before at one point. Um, the thing about Wicca is, as far as I can remember, I think it's a reasonably new religion. In fact, I think it was invented in like the 50s or something like that. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I don't really buy any of it myself. As far as I'm concerned, they're making equally as improbable and unprovable claims as Christianity or Islam or any other religion makes. Um, it's generally a lot more laid back, though, so that's a point in its favor. I just don't buy any claims that that don't really come with evidence, and some things you just kind of have to take on faith, so, and I think that's one of the things, but anyway, yeah, check the video out I did on it. It's been a really long time, though. Do you have another one? From TJ Merlot. Have you run into any other Jehovah's Witnesses since your disfellowshipping, and if so, how did you handle it? Yeah, I do run into Jehovah's Witnesses from time to time. Actually, I was on Twitter the other day, and I ran into a Jehovah's Witness who just randomly appeared in my feed. I was talking to some friends on Twitter, and this Jehovah's Witness appears and starts preaching to me. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you know who I am, even? Like, I'm one of the biggest apostates ever <laughs> at this point. So, anyways, the guy is, like, shoving Jehovah's Witness literature down our throats from Twitter. He's probably trying to count field service time. And... I said, do you know who I am? And he said, no, I don't know who you are. And I said, I run a YouTube channel, and I'm an ex-Jehovah's Witness. And he said, were you ever disfellowshipped? Were you baptized and then disfellowshipped? And I said, yes, I was. And then he just instantly blocked me. Honestly, it seems like a super straightforward, simple reaction. Like, who cares? Just move on with my life. I didn't know him before, and I don't know him after. But that kind of shit sucks. It still hurts. It still hurts to know that there's somebody out there that, like, actually wants me dead. And when I was dealing with all this LGBT stuff, like, all of this hate being flung at them, that's one of the ways in which I tried to empathize, because I'm not part of the GRSM community. I'm not, I'm not gay or, or any of that. So empathizing with that type of situation is difficult if you haven't experienced it. So the way I came about it was just remembering how I'm treated by a subset of society as an ex-Jehovah's Witness. These people actually want me dead. They, they won't look at me. They won't give me the time of day if they find out that aspect of my life. And whether it really affects me in my everyday life or not, it, it does still suck to know that there are people out there like that, so... Do you have another question for me? From GayBoy89, in your opinion, what is the most interesting aspect of Catholicism? I've heard a lot of people say that Catholics are basically a successful cult. 
Like a lot of the time when you hear cult, you think really small group of extremist people who have really extreme views and practices and things like that. But Catholicism is by definition, I'm sorry, I'm going to piss some people off right now. I haven't said this on my main channel. I did address Catholicism a long time ago, but I took the video down because I wanted to rethink my position on it and I've rethought it. Catholicism is a cult. And I say that because with a cult, you have a hierarchy that enforces a system of rewards and punishments to modify people's behavior. That's what it is. There are three parts to that. Behavior modification, a hierarchy, and a system of rewards and punishments. And they put on this mask. So I'm sure everybody here has seen a Mormon who is just a little bit too smiley, just like perma-smile slapped on their face, just constantly happy, right? Same with Jehovah's Witnesses. You'll find some of them who are just permanently happy, like their eyes are glassy. That is the cult personality that you're staring into. Their authentic self does not exist anymore. The cult personality is formed through that system of rewards and punishments, through that behavior modification. And I see that in Catholicism too. It's a really big organization, lots and lots of money, lots and lots of members, but they modify people's personalities and replace them with the ones that are most beneficial to the cult. That's why I say that. So I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash, but I hope you guys understand why I'm saying it. I'm not just saying it because I don't like them or something. It's not about that. It's just about what I know about cults and how they operate and what their goals are. And, and I see that in Catholicism. So anyway, do you have one more question for me? The next question was, how do you feel about Mountain Dew? Uh, I like Mountain Dew pretty well. I haven't had it in like a long time, though. I kind of stopped drinking soda. I used to drink Mountain Dew, and then I started drinking root beer. And now I just pretty much drink water or tea or coffee, one of those three, generally. Um, sometimes I drink like orange juice and stuff. That's pretty good. Do we have any more questions? PJ asked, is Orthodox Judaism an extremist religion? I don't know much about it. Uh, What I do know about Orthodox Judaism, it seems like it is. But I don't want to say one way or another because I don't know enough about it. I I don't even know, like, what's involved in it at all. I wouldn't be afraid to call it that if I thought it was. I just don't feel, like, prepared to. It seems like it. Also, I got a super chat from Andrew Miller. It says, Catholics just don't know what to believe. Thank you, Andrew Miller. That's awesome. And yeah, well, it, it, let me clarify a little bit on the Catholicism thing, too. Some Catholic churches aren't as extreme as others. And that, that's another thing that I feel that you kind of need to have a cult is unity. So maybe we should go church to church instead of calling this entire organization a cult exactly, but... There are similarities between all churches. Like, they all have mind-numbing rituals. They all have loaded language and cliches. I mean, there are a lot of different qualities that go with every Catholic church that you find in cults. Like, to a scary high degree. So, anyway, something to think about. Somebody asked, so I'm a cult. You may be a member of a cult. In fact, you... It's possible for members to be in a in a moderate church that, like, say, a moderate Catholic church that isn't extreme. I don't think it's 
usually with like cults, you find unity. Like I said, it's possible that you can be like a Catholic or a Mormon or uh, whatever else and be moderate and not have that cult identity. That is that that's possible. But if we had gone, scrolled down a little bit more on the statistics on that Pew poll for Jehovah's Witnesses, you'd find that they have a scary unified mind with some things. For example, belief in God among Jehovah's Witnesses, less than 1% do not believe in God. Less than 1% believe in God or don't know. 90% believe in God absolutely. And 8% believe in God fairly, or, and are fairly certain. And it's the same with importance in religion. Uh, importance of religion in one's life, uh, 90% it's extremely important, 8% somewhat important. The other 2% is split between not too important, not at all important, so on and so forth. So anyways, they are very much of one mind in cults, generally. So if you find a, a group that deviates from that a little bit, then maybe that one branch off isn't 100% a cult. But a lot of the time, that's what you'll find. Anyway, the first person I have on the list is Artistic Armory. I have uh, Artistic Armory on here. Did you grow up religious? Are you still religious or what's the deal? Um, I grew up religious, but I'm not anymore. Hmm. What religion was it? Um, I used to be Christian. I don't remember what denomination. Though. Interesting. Okay. What was it like growing up in your religion? Hmm. Um, Did you go to church a lot, or were your parents religious? Yeah, I used to go to church a lot, though it was with my uh, cousin. Mm. My parents used to attend church, I believe, but they definitely don't anymore. Really? Your parents don't go to church anymore, huh? Yeah. Interesting. I wonder why that is. So you didn't really have like a strong religious life growing up then? Right. Although I didn't take a lot after my cousin. How so? I guess just, um, I just kind of believed whatever she told me, you know? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I guess it was, for the most part, I'd say it was a good thing because um, as a child, I was uh, quite a bit of a thief. Oh, really? And so like, uh, yeah, so like uh, she kind of helped me out a little, mm. although I didn't stop until like after I stopped being Christian. I wonder why that's the case. Yeah. You didn't really grow up with a Christian background, but your sister, you said, or I'm sorry, your cousin is the one who kind of formed out a lot of your ideas and philosophies behind things then. Is that right, roughly? Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. What other kind of stuff did she kind of teach you? You said she taught you not to steal and, and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I don't really remember what else she taught me. I kind of forgot everything from right. long ago. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of it was kind of internalized too, probably, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I know I used to be like a raging homophobe. Really? Oh, yeah. Was she kind of homophobic or no? Um, I don't really remember. Hmm. I don't remember where I got that from. Hmm. It was kind of funny because like um, at that time, I um, it was around like... I think elementary, early middle school. Mm. So I, I don't know. I just kind of funny, like this little, this little kid just like saying like gay people should go to hell. Yeah, like super extreme positions for a little kid to have, right? Yeah. I find and it that... turns out I'm bisexual now, so that's. <laughs> there you go. See, full circle. That's awesome, mm. though, that you came to realize that. 
Yeah. And accept it. Because I know that sometimes accepting it and especially coming out about it can be, it, it's a struggle that I, I've never been able to identify with, but I understand it's really difficult. Yeah. I you know, like, um, basically like, um, it took until dating this one girl, right. um, to help me fully realize that I wasn't straight. Um, because mainly because, uh, she pretended to be a guy when dating me. Oh, really? Um, and, and you didn't know until yeah. after? Yeah, because uh, she was afraid to find out if I, if I was, like, accepting of, like, LGBT people. Wow. And I think at that time, I was really, like, starting to calm down about that whole thing. That's but, crazy. Um, so, like, what was your reaction and how old were you at the time? I think I was around 14. Like, how did I, you react to it when you found out that she was really a girl? I was um, a little surprised, but um, I kind of just found it more romantic than anything, I really? suppose. Yeah, some people call it abuse or manipulation. I'm not really sure. You don't feel like that, that really fits in this case, though? I don't, I don't think so. I can't even imagine a situation like that for myself uh, or what I would do in that situation. I mean, I am as accepting as they come. But I just couldn't yeah. continue a relationship with somebody like that. I just would not be able to. Yeah, that's pretty understandable. So now you, you're here. Uh, are you happy with, like, your viewpoints on things and stuff and how they've evolved, that kind of thing? Definitely. Um, I know uh, when I was younger, past the uh, Christian phase and past the anti-religion phase, I, I kind of got, like, pretty extreme in my political views for example i mm. used to be like very very far left mm. but now i've kind of like chilled out and i'm more like uh center left or mm. center right in what ways were you politically extreme um basically i was willing to like um try and like murder cops and mm. government officials right that is I, pretty extreme oh yeah i remember like uh one time i was just nonchalantly talking about it in a forensics class and uh the period after i got sent to the mental hospital for it really yeah that is insane well i mean at least you ended up getting help for it right oh yeah definitely i feel so much happier now yeah sometimes it's really I hard to get through that and get to the happy part yeah i used to be very very paranoid about the government coming after me do you mind telling me what country you live in? Are you in the U.S. or? Yeah, I live in the U.S. Oh, man. I was going to peg you for a Canadian uh, because of how you say about. <laughs> I thought Canadian for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. But anyway, yeah, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. It's been a really interesting conversation. But uh, maybe I'll talk to you again one of these days, okay? All right. It was fun talking to you. Yeah, for sure. I went through kind of a politically extreme phase, too. But mine was more right-wing extremism for a while. And now I'm, I'm no longer right-wing at all. I'm left-wing for sure. I, I'm very liberal in most ways. Um, I also have some libertarian qualities to my viewpoints. Like, for example, I don't think that, I don't think that the government should be involved in my love life at all. I don't know why the government's involved in my, life, in my love life. I don't know why they have to be involved in my girlfriend or, or whatever else. Um, that, that specifically for me, that means I don't, I don't ever know why anybody would get married. Aside from tax benefits and medical insurance, that's it. 
and I would be willing to get married for those reasons. But I just don't see any other re like I can handle the commitment between my my girlfriend and myself just fine. And I and I can guarantee you that gay couples can, can can handle their commitments with each other just fine. They don't need the government up in there. But denying them those benefits like tax and insurance benefits which are really really important that everybody else gets except for them that's that is not giving equal rights to everybody so either we should just abolish marriage or give it to everybody that's the way i see it the next person on the list is m m the spooky witch i think so tell me like what religion were you originally are you still religious well, or um i went from a Christian Baptist to a Luciferian witch. Really? A Christian Baptist to a Luciferian witch. So tell me about Luciferianism a little bit. Well, okay, there's different types of Wicca. So it's just kind of a branch of that. Me specifically, I'm, I do things in devotion to Lucifer. We okay. view him as the, like, he taught people how to think freely and, like, philosophy and all that. He taught people... You know, just kind of, sorry, when I'm nervous, it's hard for me to talk. Oh, no, don't worry <laughs> about it. Basically, um, we'll see Lucifer, the name um, in Latin translates to the morning star light bringer. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we kind of see him as the bringer of light, the bringer of like knowledge to mankind. He mm -hmm. taught people to stray away from God and to think for themselves. Okay, so that's kind of so, the yeah. philosophy behind it then. For me, anyway, some people kind of vary on that. It's very kind of, you know, it's it's kind of open to other people's inter other people's interpretation, but that's generally what it's about. Okay, that makes sense. So that was Luciferian witch. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I call myself. Some people okay. call themselves a satanic witch, but okay. So I think Lucifer sounds more elegant you know <laughs> yeah i think so too that is pretty elegant so what about uh you said you came from a baptist denomination yes. originally yes well um my parents they identify as baptist mm -hmm. and they weren't like always going to church we started going to church when i was six because they got invited but um we stopped going because uh, mainly we stopped going because we had some land out in East Texas, and every weekend we had to go and maintain it, so we weren't always able to go to church. And also because um, my mom was a little upset because they started preaching Leviticus, and she had a gay uncle, and she didn't like that they were talking about that. Oh. So that's why we left. They're Baptist, but they're very like open-minded and stuff. Are they independent fundamentalist Baptists by chance? Do you know? Um. But, well, I mean, they just call themselves Christian, but okay. they don't like go to church or anything. Got really, you. My mom actually, she kind of told me how she doesn't really feel com. She feels more comfortable, like when worshiping. She feels more connected to God, like when she's out, like going for a walk or something, mm. and like in nature rather than in a stuffy old building surrounded by people she doesn't know. So sure, yeah, that makes sense. Well, at least like your parents aren't super extreme, then, right? My dad's just kind of chill. Like he, he like for example, like some of the stories like Moses or um, Adam and Eve, he believes those are kind of like fables that you're supposed to take lessons from. He doesn't believe that they're literal stories. Okay. And then both of them taught me, well, you know, over the years, things can get mistranslated. That's why there's a lot of weird stuff 
in the book. So well, they, at least they taught you that because yeah. that's super true. I mean, if you go through some of the like original manuscripts and original translations, they do not mean anything close to what they claimed they meant. You know, it's really oh, crazy. Yeah. The old Hebrew, because I think it was Hebrew, that's what mm. the old text was written in, is a lot different from modern day Hebrew. So yeah. even that can get weird. Yeah, and large swaths of it were, were written in Aramaic too. Like multiple books, multiple Bible books were Aramaic and, and just, just, it's not the same at all. But you can actually, there are parts of the Bible where you can read it and like the New Testament and see where the New Testament authors were trying to make things fit the Old Testament's predictions. Kind of gives you a glimpse into their mindset. Exactly. So I was never baptized. My parents were always like, they always told me, get baptized when you're comfortable. Mm. And I just never ended up doing it. I didn't learn to swim until I was 10. And I was very freaked out about having to go underwater. So Mm. that's why I never did it. So yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that what age do Baptists usually get baptized? Do you know? Is it around 10 or so? Well, my parents didn't get baptized until we started going to this new church. Um, So they would have been in their 40s by then. But people of all ages get baptized, at least at our church that we used to go to. I know that um, in my church, in Jehovah's Witnesses religion, they really push people to get baptized as early as possible. Like, You'll find people who are getting baptized at like 20, 30, 40 years old who are just joining the religion for the first time. But for the most part, when you look in front of like in the front row, you'll find like 10 to 13 year old kids. And then you'll find the occasional eight year old kid or seven year old in there. And it's Yeah, like I think honestly, I think um, if I were a Christian and I were raising my kids Christian, I would tell them, you know, um, do it. When you feel like you're most comfortable and if they feel like they're comfortable when they're young then so be it but if they want to wait then all right right i know that my daughter kylie was really pushing to get baptized as a jehovah's witness because my mom was like brainwashing her into it she doesn't really have that desire anymore luckily but that's what i worry about like if a kid wants to get baptized really really early i worry that somebody pushed them into it like in my viewpoint i feel like if somebody isn't old enough to get a tattoo, which is a permanent decision, or to get married, or to smoke cigarettes, why are they old enough to make this life-altering decision, this you know dedication to this organization? Of course, it's a little different with Jehovah's Witnesses because it's more serious right. than others, but still. I remember earlier you were talking about um, like I, I recently saw your um your Wicca video. Like mm. I'm kind of new to you, and I decided to search for that. Right. And and I thought it was really good. But, you know, like there are, I kind of wish you went into maybe talks about like the different branches of Wicca because there's so much to it. Mm. There's so, there's like, there's like, there's Christian witches, there's atheist witches. I've met a Mormon witch, believe it or really? not. Really? That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. it's, there's, there's a ton of stuff. Sorry, I'm kind of rambling. Oh, no, no, you're good. <laughs> no, you're good. That, I know that's true. Um, there is a lot to it. And I actually had like a lot of requests for um, like for Wicca to cover Wicca all the way up to that point. And I had been putting it off and putting it off because there is so much involved. It's so difficult yeah. to know. You know, you get, it's almost like you got to completely immerse yourself in the culture to get a good grip on how everything works. And right. yeah, so I tried to take mostly broad strokes with the video and just kind of give a history of it. But one of these days, maybe I'll revisit and go into more detail. Yeah.
Because, like, me personally, like I said, I was a Luciferian witch, but I'm also agnostic, too. Mm. So they can kind of, because, I mean, yeah, they can kind of mix together. It's very, yeah. it's just so much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there is a lot to it. And it is really fascinating. And like I said, one of these days I will cover it again. But uh, anyway, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. It's been an interesting conversation. Maybe we'll talk again, okay? All right. All right. Let's see if I can get Brett. Oh, God, I have to pronounce the name again. I'll just let him say it. You're on. Uh, can you hear me? Hello? Hey, that sounds a lot clearer. Everything seems to be okay. working. How's it going? Yeah, I switched. Uh, pretty good. I switched to a Bluetooth headset, so hopefully that Perfect. sounds better. All right, yeah, it sounds perfectly clear now. So tell me about this. Like, you're an ex-Jehovah's Witness. Like, tell me, the. Or just start from the day you're born and just go from there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was born. I'm probably, I think I'm third generation. My grandparents, my on my dad's side is my grandfather's still an elder. My dad was an elder growing up for most of my life. And then my mom's mom was in in it. So I, I grew up in the witnesses and I got baptized at 15. So it's been about, I'm 25 now. So it's been about 10 years. And then I, I got married, married. And actually my wife has a YouTube channel uh, called Bravely You. I'm not sure if you've seen it. I don't think so. Here, let me. Can you spell it? Uh, it's just like bravely. And then you. <laughs> and then you. Okay. Let me. I'll, yeah. I'll give that a look later. Yes. Yeah. She has about twenty-three thousand subscribers. But basically, really? we're we're activists. Yeah, we're activists against Jehovah's Witnesses. Huh. Okay. Wait a minute. Now I'll just pull this up real fast and take a look. See here. Uh, yeah. Let's see. How have I never? She grew up as. Well, we're recent. Like we just started a month ago. And you got so, 23,000 subscribers already? Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, it's very surprising. Yeah. We we are talking out because my wife was actually abused uh, as a kid by her father, mm. who was an elder. And we went to court. That was the first thing. A week after we got married, we got married in the king, or two weeks after we got married. We got married in the Kingdom Hall, went on our honeymoon. And then the week after we went to court, took her father to court. Uh, and he's put away for 42 years, 41 nice. years, something like I'm that. I'm really glad to hear that. Like, I always hate to hear the stories, but I'm always glad to hear the outcomes of, of those stories. And actually, I think it looks like at some point I have seen one of the videos. It appears to be like great. Oh, yeah. So I've seen it. That's kind of strange. I don't remember. But anyway, I will check that out for sure. That's super interesting. Um, yeah. She I'm tells not, her story on there. Yeah. I can't believe you guys yeah, around, but I didn't know about it. Yeah, she she's been she's had a podcast for a while, but it's just been on the podcast for like I think three months or something like that. So, right. but once she did a YouTube, it kind of shot off. Right. I think it. Took she, me, she has an Instagram. I think I I think it took me like a year and a half to get to that point. So that's pretty impressive. That's awesome that you that you made it up there. So you were also yeah. Jehovah's Witness, you said, right? Your grandparents were Jehovah's yep. Witnesses. Yeah, my grandfather uh, came in the truth when he was, the I think, truth. in his twenties. So right. Yeah the the truth. Yeah. Sorry, I was doing quotations. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I I do it too. <laughs> still, um, but yeah, uh, I think my, both of my parents are first generation, so I guess you could call me second generation, but. Um, yeah, I think my my wife goes back. I think she says she's fifth generation. So that she's is been in it. Her family's been in it forever. Yeah, I mean, they may have even been like Bible students, original Bible students at that point. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I'm glad that we all yeah. got out of it though, because that is just yeah, I'm glad. 
Yeah, the only part that sucks is losing like family and stuff. Like she yeah. lost, uh, my wife lost her sister, which was basically the only family member that stuck with her because yeah. her mom took her father's side. So they're gone. What about you? Did you lose any? Um, I'm like halfway, like, I'm pretty sure my family, because I'm also on the YouTube channel with uh, my wife. So I'm pretty sure my parents have seen it, but they also still talk to me. So I'm not sure like how they stand. Like we haven't, we're, we're about to send our letters in, which I'm surprised actually we haven't got a letter in the mail about being disfellowshipped, especially mm. with 23,000 or subscribers or so. Yeah, but I, I, I think it helped because we moved from Georgia to uh, Portland, Oregon. There you go. Did you have like, yeah, all right, here's, a, here's one problem. So you guys are basically freshly out of the religion, right? In the past like six months or so? Yeah. Okay. I, I've been out for like 12 years now. And when I was in it, computer mm -hmm. records didn't exist at all. So they had like physical yeah. publishers cards that had your information on them and they had to mail them to the new congregation. So it was really easy to just mm -hmm. kind of fade out of existence and nobody be any the wiser. But I guess it's a little bit harder to do now to kind of fade. Yeah. Is, is that what you did? Just move congregations and then just not really show up to the new one anymore? Yeah, we didn't. We The time we left Georgia was seven months ago so we already knew it wasn't the truth yeah <laughs> so yeah we we left knowing that we were never going back and right they haven't really contacted us here at all so right. we're just we, we we wrote letters but we also i sent a text to the elder that was in the congregation i was from about and, and my wife did also about we wanted to leave but they were like we need a letter that's no. hand signed by both of you to remove you from the <laughs> congregation all right you know what fine don't even like i if that if they're going to require me to put more effort into that i'd be like, just like whatever you know just I, yeah i won't even bother but sometimes it's nice to be able to like stick it to them so that they just don't have yeah. your names on the books anymore you know so you're not adding to their numbers yeah. or whatever yeah, that's where we're at so far because we don't want to support them at all. Like yeah. with their numbers, we want to yeah. like just remove our names, but it's just tough for like we literally have to hand write everything and send it off. So we've just been neglecting it. Yeah. What about the memorial? Have you, did you go to the last memorial or are you going to go to the uh, next one? No, not, not, we haven't went to the last one. We went to the one before that. Uh, with that, that's actually, I think, was our last. No, wait, we went to, because uh, the last memorial happened. Not the last one, but the one before that. Mm. And then we went to the special uh, meeting. Right. That was the last the special meeting I've ever been to. I wanted to mention, if you want to get your wife on, then all three of us could talk one of these days for like a full 30 minutes if you want, just to chat about it or whatever. Just something to think about. Just mention it and uh, add me yeah. a friend on Discord, and I'll see if I can track you down one of these days, and we'll do that if you're interested. Yeah, in she's right next to me, and she said <laughs> she would. Okay, well, hey, uh, I'd be glad to have you on. That'd be pretty cool. But anyway, yeah, it's been an awesome talk. I appreciate you coming on. Glad that we got that worked yeah. out because it's been an interesting uh, conversation. But I will talk to you guys later on, okay? Oh, I want to mention that you actually helped me wake up too. Oh, did you I? You were really? one of the people. 
That is so yeah. awesome, man. I'm so glad to hear that. I just want to thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for listening. It really was basically not me at all. I mean, you guys would, you guys are just, you opened up to listening. If you hadn't opened up to it, then then you'd still be stuck in there. So a lot of it was you guys doing on your own, you know? But anyway. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you for, for watching my stuff and everything. But uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys later mm-hmm. on, okay? Okay, sounds good. Yeah, that's that's super fascinating. Um, really glad to hear about all of that, and and I got a new channel to take a look at uh, at some point. So that's that's pretty great. Anyway, all right, appreciate you guys coming and giving this a listen. It's been a really awesome podcast. Really had fun with this. I will talk to you guys next week.